This is To Be Continued, the Coming Out Saga podcast, and I'm Amber Birch. At the moment, I use she, they pronouns, though that could change at any time, and I am here to normalize that for myself and anyone else. I came out first as pansexual and now as queer at the age of 40 after an eight-year marriage. This podcast is my attempt to sift through the many layers that are part of the after of coming out. I hope in my stories and the questions I'm sitting with, you'll ultimately see glimpses of your own story and space to be with it all. So, I'm trying to practice offering less disclaimers and apologies, balanced with a sensitive awareness of what may be hard or triggering for others. So what I'll offer here is this. I'm learning how to navigate a language of inclusion that is rapidly and delicately evolving. I am not always going to get it right or best, but I do welcome dialogue and I hope, above all, you will always honor what's best for you and care for yourself accordingly. Hello there, my friends. Can you believe, as I'm recording this, it is January 3rd, 2022. So, happy turn of the year to everyone. We made it through another year. And I don't know about you, but that is something to celebrate. We, we've had a hell of the last two years, really. And... As we start this new year, I know there isn't a lot of relief in sight collectively for so many of the things that are bearing down on us in the world. And, you know, right now with the pandemic resurging and people going back to work today and anxiety levels really high, depression high. Um, post-holiday blues perhaps setting in for some people. There's just a lot. There's a lot. And um, I haven't had a lot to say. Uh, So that is partly why it's been quiet here on my end the last couple weeks. I don't want to come in and just talk unless I have something that might be useful to somebody to say. And so while today's episode might be a little bit shorter than other episodes, I hope that it's, I hope that it's hopeful, honest and hopeful as, as you, wherever you're at, are surveying the year ahead and you know, perhaps stepping into, you know, a heavier day today, um, whatever day that is for you. So, um, what I want to talk about today is something called a word of the year, which I think a lot of people are familiar with this concept or, you know, seen various challenges going around for years. It's been kind of popular to have a word that you choose or that chooses you um, 
to really ground down in um, to be your theme really for the year. And I've done that on and off for over a decade. I mean, I don't do this every year. It's just some years, some years a word does pop out and it's very clearly mine and other years it's just not on my radar. So I want to talk about the word that really chose me this year as well as reflect a little bit on the last couple years words and hope that there again might be something in here that speaks to you. I'll be sipping my coffee um, periodically as I as I record today. I just wanted to get this recorded and out there as soon as possible. I'd also be clearing my throat a little. <laughs> All the human things that often get edited out of podcasts. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here we go. Um, so last year on January 1st, I got an envelope in the mail from a friend who lives in Washington and she's also a writer. She's also a podcaster. She's really the one that told me about starting my own podcast. And, you know, she's an artist. And we have bonded over many things, including leaving religion and going through a divorce in the past several years. And so she had created something for me on a piece of cardstock. She had sketched a word that I instantly recognized as my word for the year, which was freedom. And freedom really was a continuation from 2020, even though I don't think that I started 2020 with this conscious, this is my word of the year. I look back on 2020 and it very clearly was my word for the year, whether I recognized it as such or not. Um, Because 2020 is where I first began to set myself free by releasing myself from a marriage that had always been dying. Uh, It was the year I showed myself what I was capable of, that I was capable of doing the things I so feared I couldn't. Walking away from a life that was killing me really but at least in that it was familiar and I think if you've been in some situations like this you'll understand you know Um, it's very it's very hard to walk away even from something that is abusive um, something that it doesn't even have to be that severe it can just be Uh, something that we're comfortable in because, um, because it's, because we know it, we know how to navigate it. And, and sometimes that known of, of what's not good is more manageable than the unknown of how, how do we move outside of this beyond this? So I, I walked away from that finally and I ran towards myself and I showed myself I could do this 
even without a safety net, without a car or savings or some big plan for my life beyond getting the hell out. And then, you know, when I found myself in another situation, another relationship that turned out to be nothing more than another cage that had been cleverly draped with this beautiful cloth, I showed myself once more that I could fly away from this too. And with the support of a few loved ones from afar, because, you know, I was alone, but not alone, um, I showed myself I could get myself to safety. I could do that for myself. And that was huge. And I thought I'd landed safely when I left that, finally. But it turned out that in the beginning of 2021, I yet again was freeing myself from uh, an unsafe living in work situation. But at the beginning of 2021, I didn't know this yet. Not quite. (laughs) I didn't know that this theme of self-liberation would continue so deeply. And I've written about this, about how self-liberation is not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing process. And I think that was maybe something that made sense in my head, but I didn't realize the depth of that until I was in it, till I've been in it. I didn't know that it would take me the better part of the year last year to finalize my divorce, to do it all on my own, and to the end of the year to finally free myself of all ties to him. I didn't know that my freedom would include choosing a new name for myself, because my married name, ironically, meant chains in Spanish. And I I needed to break myself free from that. So I chose a name that had really chosen me years before without me knowing it was Birch. I didn't know freedom would lead me to invite my, my mother to know me more fully. But on my terms, on my boundaries, to take all of me or none of me. And while she didn't recognize this as the choice that she made, she chose none. And I lost what remained of my family of origin. I didn't know that freedom would go so deep as to plant a question of sexual orientation in my mind, in my heart, until the answer whispered back to me like a song. You're queer. You've always been queer. And I found myself embarking on this brand new journey of discovering my identity, of uncovering my identity. I didn't know that freedom would include a haircut that unraveled the question of femininity and my ties to that and gender and my identities within these constructs. Questions I'm still allowing space to marinate inside me. I didn't know freedom would look like adding a new pronoun to how I identify. And giving myself permission for that to change. 
I didn't know freedom would look like putting myself out there in the world of queer dating and allowing myself to be seen and known by others in brand new, intimate ways. Of discarding shame around sex, grappling with different ways of defining and approaching dating so that, that it was just more spacious and not so restricted. And I didn't know freedom would look like sharing my journey through this podcast. I received a message last night from a friend who follows me on Instagram. We actually knew each other years and years ago, though not very well, through our attendance and involvement in the same church. I, I didn't know when she started following me, I, maybe this past year or so, I don't remember, but I, don't, I didn't know where she was at in her own journey. And I'm always a, a bit anxious I confess, a little bit dread, dreading when people from those church days pop up in my social media feed and express an interest in following my account. Most of them I am not very interested in reconnecting with, and most of them I imagine are expecting to see glimpses of the amber they once knew, not this non-Christian, pagan, divorced sexually liberated, queer, gender-questioning person they'll discover in my feed. (laughs) But she has been nothing but kind and encouraging and mostly quiet. So when I opened her message, I, I was sitting on the edge of my bed, and I found myself weeping. She told me a story of her own liberation and journey towards herself and towards a new love. And it involved getting away with this new person for the first time to a beach cottage, which was a huge step for her. And this is what she wrote. She said, Amber, when I got to the cottage, it was adorned with herons and called Blue Heron Cottage. And I thought immediately of you and cried happy tears. And I wanted to tell you that you were a sign in the universe for me many times over. God, I'm getting emotional now as I read this. (laughs) And that I'm holding your unfoldings with love and expectation of freedom and joy for you. So thank you for being the amazing, wonderful, curious, brave person you are. You inspired my freedom and joy, and I wish the same for you. I really didn't expect to hear this. And I really did just sit and cry. Tears of gratitude and tears of joy for her joy. And tears of wonder at this news. I didn't know that my freedom would influence someone else's like this. 
in that in that moment it made every sharing that I did absolutely worthwhile but it was also in this message from her that I realized I'd already been given my word for 2022 this was a word I'd used multiple times over the past several weeks in sharing about my life and she had heard me and offered it back to me and in that moment seeing it paired with the word freedom my word from the last two years it sunk in my word for this year is unfolding About a month ago, I listened to an album that Spotify recommended to me. I love when Spotify does that. It's called Nothing is Lost by Luca Fogal. And it's, to me, it's, it's been a beautiful album. I'm a sucker for emotive music and lyrics that really dig into the human experience of grappling with, with truth and hope in the face of loss and uncertainty and just, yeah, messiness. This album, while sounding, you know, fairly homogenous throughout musically, struck me as meditative and soothing. It was like a companion on my soul journey. One of the songs on this album is called Unfolding. And the chorus is so simple and its simplicity has been stuck in my head on repeat for weeks now. I am not breaking. I am not broken. I am unfolding. It was this song, I think, that brought the image into focus for the tattoo I suddenly knew I needed right before the holidays. (laughs) Is this I imagine this chrysalis hanging from a branch and the chrysalis is still opaque, but you could see the outline of monarch wings inside and the colors and the patterns on the wings. You could see this butterfly that was not yet ready to emerge, but close. I wanted this image tattooed on the left side of my chest right above my heart. So I found an artist and booked an appointment in Asheville um, during my trip to see my best friend over the holidays. And I was really lucky that I could, I could get in. So when the day came as I was laying there getting this tattoo last week, you know, I like to think that I have this really high pain tolerance, but I think I'm just, my, my body, my skin is more sensitive than I realize. But so tattoos for me are, they're painful. Um, so when the pain went beyond uncomfortable to just like clenched fists and really deep breaths, I, I was singing this song in my head over and over again. I am not breaking. I am not broken. I am unfolding. I imagine myself as this caterpillar in the last stage of their metamorphosis on the brink of emerging as this new being 
I, I don't know if it's a painful process for them. I know it's very easy to anthropomorphize other non-human creatures, but I, I've, I've looked this up because it's really bothered me. And I've read that it's not, but how would we ever really confirm this? I, I just know it's a total transformation. And, and I know from watching the caterpillars writhe and writhe until they have literally sloughed their body into this shell and formed a case around themselves, which becomes that hardens into the chrysalis. I know that looks exhausting. And once inside the chrysalis, the caterpillar dissolves into essentially goo in order for this wholly new body to form into a butterfly. And whether or not this is painful for them, and I really hope it's not, something about the pain of getting that tattoo tethered me to this image of metamorphosis because it costs something to unfold. And it's worth every bit of pain, discomfort, loneliness, and loss. It's worth the opaqueness of questions that linger without answers. It's worth the vulnerability of transparency, letting others see you and process within this case. It's worth the judgment or rejection or being misunderstood that you may face out in the world or closer to home. It's it's worth coming out and finding it challenging to locate other butterflies within your radius of home and learning that your wings are struggling to pick up flight. Because, damn it, all that work towards freedom leads to unfolding. And unfolding is a fucking miracle. Whatever state you're in when you emerge. I had several chrysalises in my room at one point this summer and one butterfly had emerged in perfection let's say just as as healthy and luminous as we picture a monarch and this was my first time witnessing this miracle firsthand but one morning I awoke to a different sight the second chrysalis, which I had honestly suspected wouldn't make it, it had turned, you know, an unhealthy dark color and it, it just had been taking too much time for this, you know, butterfly to come out, which aren't good signs. But I, I woke to find it had broken open and a butterfly like I'd never seen before had emerged their body was all black. There were fragments of the chrysalis still clinging to them. They had really no wings. The, whatever was developing as wings was just malformed. I would never have guessed this creature before me was a monarch, let alone a butterfly. This poor creature was... Nothing short of pitiful, if I'm being honest. The condition they were in was just gut-wrenching. I 
I carefully carried them outside and I cried many tears as I set them on a milkweed plant. They just, they didn't match my concept of a monarch. But they were still a monarch. I knew they wouldn't be living for very long. But it struck me to celebrate them. It struck me that their emergence was still a miracle. Every life, every unfolding is a miracle. What I initially saw as grotesque, not in the sense of them being disgusting, but in the sense of sadness, this butterfly is unwell, was still a wonder even though the quote-unquote perfect monarch I had witnessed the week before had coincided so meaningfully with my coming out, it wasn't until several months later that I have this deeper appreciation for the, let's call them, not fully formed monarch. Because, you know, as I've talked about briefly in another episode, I too came out thinking, I'm fully formed. (laughs) And have since felt myself crawling back desperately into my chrysalis. Now, obviously, butterflies can't do this, but in my own way, I can and I have. I have sloughed off another layer of my own skin and created this additional case around myself, continuing to transform. My wings haven't fully developed. I'm not displaying my full colors. I'm not yet ready to fly but I'm still a fucking miracle. And one day, all this unfolding will lead to wings that are capable of supporting me in flight. Maybe that will take this entire year. Maybe less. Maybe it will extend into 2023. We can't know the timeline of these transformations, but I'm here for it. I'm here for the unfolding. And if I begin to forget this, all I have to do is look down at my chest. So maybe this is also a metaphor for the beginning of a new year that has been several painfully hard years now stretched into one, it seems. We're all in chrysalis. We're all in discomfort, all in this awkward, dark, solitary process of metamorphosizing, even as we experience this collectively, it's still a very lonely experience. Let this be a gentle reminder for any of us who needs this, that it's okay to have several emergences, to come out and then go back inside, to expand and contract, to be in the thick of our unfoldings, to have wings not yet ready for flight, to fly and then find ourselves unsteady, to not be in our full bodies or our full vibrance, because it's still winter, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, it's still winter here, the dead of winter. Just because January 1st comes and we call it a new year doesn't mean we're not in winter. And in winter, things rest. In winter, things are dormant. 
it's okay to be resting. It's okay to want to stay curled up a while. Because when you're ready, that case will split open. And I hope you'll have at least one person in your life who witnessed your unfolding or who witnesses your unfolding and calls it the miracle it is. And if not, you know where to find me. I'll be here. I'll be here cheering you on. So go gently, friends. Thank you.